0: Yeah. So let's actually transition now to, to that for the second half of this would be to maybe one talk a little bit about maybe your mental health journey. And, and you know, you, you mentioned divorce and how you navigate that. And you kind of you kind of dropped have done therapy and, you know, the benefit of that and how it shaped you. And then maybe even speaking to again, that mental health, like within the African-American community. What is the, the temperature, so to speak, of mental health
1: still gotcha. is it still a stigma? I think for me, uh, part of my mental health journey began like even before i really understood it uh even having like that good solid household still you know i had a i had an issue with my fist to 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 put it nicely, Uh, you know, where I ended up going to a couple of elementary schools, a couple of junior high schools and a couple of high schools until, you know, like, it, you know, righted the ship around my junior year of high school, which was the first outside of kindergarten. My junior year of high school was the first year of school where I was not suspended for fighting, inciting a riot or anything crazy. So it was just like. 11 years of tomfoolery and just unnecessary fisticuffs. Mm -hmm. But um, for me around in the fourth grade, I took a test and the test showed, you know, I had like a high aptitude for English and speaking and sciences. And they wanted me to skip a grade. This was at the beginning of the fourth grade. I didn't skip a grade. My mother said socially. He needs to be here because he's not mm-hmm. mature enough socially to skip a grade. Uh, like, less most, than, like most, most boys, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, to, like you know, like she wait. was like, <laughs> and she was like, oh, I know he's smart, but he's no, no, no. We're not putting him up there. Yeah, but, um, he needs to mature. <laughs> yeah, he needs to be needs some time to season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But what ended up happening was less than two months later, in that same fourth grade year, I had a teacher for now that I know a lot of like psychs and doctors, I had a teacher diagnose me as having uh, anger issues. And at the time it was still ADD. It wasn't quite ADHD yet. And Mm -hmm. she was like, you know, he won't sit down. He won't relax. He won't do that. He won't listen. He's confrontational, which at times, you know, if you're someone who's listening to this, you've, and you know, you happen to be, like I said, you know, one of, one of Travis's 8,000 black listeners. um, You've heard this before. He's aggressive. He's confrontational. He won't mm. listen. He won't sit. So within a two-month span, I went from being high aptitude, very intelligent, well-spoken, we should promote him, expedite his education, because this kid's bored in class, to he's a nuisance. And I went from skipping a grade, and in less than two months, I was placed in a class with kids who were deemed to be remedial mm. and their reasoning was well he's doing this clearly because and it was it was that's where it really started for me where I understood the mental health journey because I said I wasn't remedial I wasn't confrontational I literally you guys put in a report I was bored and that's where it started so mm. I looked back at that when uh the first time I went to a counselor counselor was with Mary and I sat in there and broke it all down and you know my spouse at the time said None of this is my fault. (laughs) And that was my two thoughts of counseling and therapy and medicine were a marriage counselor who really didn't ask for accountability on either side and Mm. me being in like the fourth grade and being deemed a nuisance. I was like, I'm not dealing really? with like these mental health or your medicines or any of that. And then after getting divorced, a relative was like, hey, look, man, uh, go to therapy. You can go see a counselor, go see somebody. And I said, no, man, and I brought up that history. He's someone who I never saw as someone who would attend therapy, just he yeah. is, he is not the, you know, he's large Marine tatted, I've done all of this. And he said, look, man, things I had to do for love of country put me in a place where mentally I'm not the best in my times you know and he was Mm. like I'm man enough to admit it you should go and I went to therapy and it was the greatest manliest toughest most thug life gangster thing (laughs) you could ever do was to sit across the room from someone Mm. and have and have the guts to be vulnerable enough to be Mm. honest to not have on a going. And it was very, man, it was, it was real. And after that I said, yo, I need to, I need to really do this. Mm. Like I said, this, this is something like that I'm really going to follow up with. And that's, it began there. And all of those negatives that I had, like coming out of, you know, this marriage counselor was bad. And when I spoke to a school counselor and a mental health professional in the fourth grade, they labeled me as this to Mm. fast forward at like, 29 years old being like, man, why, like, why didn't more people tell me about this? like, where, where, why, why were we not discussing this? You know, when mm. you know we were going through high school and you had yeah. people who, you know, now that we've grown up, like people struggling with sexuality and drugs and, you know, issues with their parents and sexual traumas, like, why were y'all, why were we not pushing this? Why were we not telling people, Hey, you could totally go talk to somebody. Hmm. And, yeah, now I'm in a position where now, you know, in my mid 30s, I will I tell everybody, oh, man, I'm not going to cry to somebody I don't know. No, bro. You listen, my dude, you you really need to go do that. You for Mm -hmm. sure should go talk to somebody. And go if you got to cry, man, go cry. If you've got mm-hmm. to talk about some things that you feel like or make you feel less of a man, go do that. Because you need to, You need the self-awareness. You need enough self-awareness. And I think, you know, the transition to the black community, I think that's our problem. Because statistically, no one sees mental health professionals less than black men when they go through mm-hmm. all these surveys and they randomly survey ment- mental health professionals because they survey my soon to be wife, they survey the old lady and she's like, Who do I see least black men mm-hmm. who, you know, even with respect to veterans, you know, uh, Mission 22. I love Mission 22. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. Of those, the majority of them happen to be white men, but number two is black men. And when they ask, mm-hmm. Well, did this do? they'll look at the history. All right, well, you know, the white brother went for a couple of sessions. The black ones just don't. We just don't because there's this constant fear of we don't even go to the doctor. So, like, if I don't go to a medical doctor, what makes you think I'm going to see a quote unquote shrink or quack? Mm. And there's just this stigma attached to in our community. Look, man, you're less than. Oh, man, that's that's what women do. It's like, no, bro. Like, that's that's what we have. We got to stop that. We got to stop this. Well, no, that's that's what the women do. No, man, that's that's not what the women do. We need to do this for the Mm. sake. Like I constantly tell people he also that your children don't just inherit your home. They also inherit your pain. They inherit your traumas. Mm. You've got to heal because if you don't like speaking from firsthand experience, the things that you bottle up and keep mm. inside, man, they will. If you don't think you will push that down to your kids mentally, spiritually and sadly, at times, physically, you're you're out of your mind. You're sadly mistaken. Mm. And in the black community, it's it's frowned upon because everything is, you know, uh, we to talking black men heal. Perfect plug spot uh, about uh, Stephen, a great guy out of Los Angeles. Stephen was talking about uh, Stephen's a great LMFT. Uh, He was talking about imposter syndrome. To sum it up, he said, you know, there's and and we all collectively and even one of the white brothers in the group, he was the first one to speak up. He said, I see this. He said, I saw this every day in the military. And it's, you know, specifically with black men, as I said, you know, I go back to fourth grade being intelligent, high aptitude. To less than two months later, I'm aggressive. I don't listen. I'm a danger. Mm. And it's like, I know when I walk into some spaces, this is very, this, this, like I'm 6'1", 240. Like, mm. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I know some jujitsu and some boxing. I'm very menacing to some just off of appearance. So because of that, I have to adopt this face and this demeanor that's even if I'm not really super hard guy, I got to be extremely soft for my safety and for the safety Mm -hmm. of those around me and to make other people feel comfortable. And he right. spoke to that, and it was like this is this is what it is. And there was someone in the group said, "I'd never heard of this." He said, "Well, you've never heard of imposter syndrome because you don't really talk to therapists. You know, we listen to everyone in the neighborhood, and most of the time, you know, you've I'm sure you've probably seen the movie Barber Shop for like literally for for some black people. That is, man, that is that's your therapist. And it's like, yeah, your barber's got good advice, but man, he doesn't. He's not going to be able to bust down those layers." And mm-hmm. you've you've got to get comfortable. And I tell people regularly, man, we've got to normalize in the community, being able to go out and talk to someone, being mm-hmm. vulnerable, being having the self-awareness that, look, man, today I'm not feeling good. All right, bro. It's mm-hmm. OK to not be OK. That's cool, dog. Like that's that's not a problem at all. But mm-hmm. thank you for being real and honest enough with yourself to say, you I really need help. That in my community is the first step. Dudes. Mm-hmm having enough in them to be like, I need the help.
0: You sharing that, I'm sorry uh-huh. that it's such a young kid, it's so sad um, as a 10-year-old just having this label and how that affected you for <laughs> quite some time and then having a marriage therapist who was uh, not so great. I'm surprised that you decided to try it a third time. Like, why? I mean, at that point, I'm like, why would you try? Like, if you already had two pretty significantly not so great experiences, and then you went like that, that's like a huge risk of like, okay, well, I'm gonna have a third awesome experience. But you went. Yeah. So, what what was it that kind of pushed you to try it again? I mean, because that's like those are typically we we go based off of past of like, well, I'm not gonna right. try
1: this. This is not helpful or dangerous. So it, why would I even do that? I there was a day where. I'd spoke to that relative who said, you should really do therapy, you should really do Mm -hmm. therapy. And I can remember telling my former spouse, because I, you know, there were certain, when I talked about, you know, people like I've seen firsthand, I would see in her at times prior, like generational issues where I'm like, this has to stop with you. You know, like for me, I'd said. I was a third generation stepfather. My birth dad was raised by his stepfather because his father left him and then my dad left me. So I said, OK, I'm not going to do that. Even multiple states away, divorce from the mother. I'm just I'm always going to be there. I'm always going to call. And it's the birthdays is going to be that because I'm not mm-hmm. going to continue this trend. So mm. in her, I'd seen like, man, like, yo, there's some things like, you know, even just in conversation. Hey, look, I know you don't want to hear this from me of all people. But it's some things like you might really like want to heal and work on. And she said something on this phone call. And after I got off the phone, I was like, "Mm," and I thought about it. And I said, this is probably the moment where my birth dad decided, yeah, I'm out. Mm. Like, I'm out. And I sat there and I said, this is the moment that he when, Mm. you know, that he decided he was out. I don't want to be out. I'm going to go talk to this professional. Like, I'm, Mm. I'm this is and it was. It was from hearing from someone else, from hearing something I didn't like from her. And then once again, having that self-awareness of like, okay, this is probably the moment where things went bad in my generation, Mm -hmm. in the men with this name. I'm the third of this name. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this name carries, you know, I had someone in the family tell me, you know, that name carries somewhat of a curse for fathers. And all of that hit me. And I said, Mm -hmm. what have I got to lose? Like, let me go ahead and try this therapy thing. The worst that could happen is I go over three. And the best thing that could happen, you know <laughs> is I actually gained something from it, and I thank wow. God to this day that I went and I gained something from it
0: wow that that's a big step I mean, you're in that space of making the connections of your of your biological you know father like this is where he was out, right, and I don't want to replicate this and so that that sounds right. like that was enough to say i right. i don't. I want to do something different and this is why I'm unwilling to risk this again and, and you mentioned the other barrier uh you know the, the barrier of just within you know the community of like it's essentially it's like weakness right it's you don't talk about your feelings this is not something you do is there any other like significant barriers you would say within you know specifically the African-american community that would say we don't go to mental health because of here's like one or two other things as to why that you hear in the conversation that you experience that you would say, hey, these things are definitely barriers that we need to get rid of to help men come in. Is there anything
1: right. like that? I mean I, I think the the primary the one with respect to you know not going because you know it's not manly. That's that's always there. You know, that's mm-hmm. in every community. I'm sure you yeah, know that's people a, that was in my community yeah, that's, too. That's so. a that's just a that's just a man a, thing, you know, a man yeah. thing in general. That's not mm-hmm. black, white green purple right. that's a man thing you don't yep. talk about your feelings i've Bye. done tons
0: of men's groups and that's a with african-american men latino men asian men white nope. guys yeah, and, nope. and nobody does feelings. Nope.
1: that
0: that's a very that's a classic theme among men yeah, that you that know it's, is. Men. it's like we don't do feelings yeah. it's, it's weakness it's a whole other letter uh, a lot of other slurs that have been used oh, on yeah, sports fields
1: that you know that there the, yeah to the P or yep, some yep. other words, yep, that, yep, uh, some other insert expletives, yeah, yep. I think the number one, well, let's go back. I think number two is fear. Like how we just yeah. said across the board, it's mm. all men. I think in the black community, outside of you know the it being weak, number two, it's the fear—the fear of am I less than? or people gonna think I'm less than a man? Am I gonna look like one of those you know expletives, you know, or words that gets used to describe men? Is it gonna be that? It's you know, I'm afraid. You know, I think it works fear both ways. Is it Mm going to be, I'm afraid of the judgment of the people of if I go. And then it's the other side. Is it, you know, I'm afraid that this might work. (laughs) Like, of what if what if what if, you know, then it clicks to, you know, what What if this is wrong? And I think that connects to the number one issue in the black community, with respect to mental health, which is the same thing with just like I said, black men don't even go to the doctor. You know, that's why we lead in prostate mm. cancer. Uh, you know, that's why at times our women lead with like breast cancer deaths. Uh, mm. My mother just beat ovarian cancer. We're like number mm. two with our women, ovarian cancer because we don't go to mm. the doctor. And part of it is it's not learned Like in our community, you know, there was, you know, you get the old school folk who, well, I don't go to the doctor, you know, you'll do this. The old uh, Chris Rock joke, you know, we didn't go to the doctor. We just put, you know, we put some tussing on it and people hear that and they laugh. And I'm like, no, man, there's in the community, there are people who really shy away from the doctor, you know, like Mm. there's, uh, you know, I always tell people very quickly, You know, there's African-Americans haven't had the best history with medicine. In America. So at times Mm -hmm. we're a bit apprehensive. And Mm -hmm. that goes from being oh something your grandfather didn't go to the doctor and he died of prostate cancer. So Mm -hmm. now your dad knows your grandfather didn't go to the doctor and died of prostate cancer. But then instead of him. Having self-awareness to go, man, my old man died of that at 40. I should mm. go get it checked out. He goes, well, it's that other side of fear. What what, what if I do got it? If I don't go, I never know I got it. Okay, yeah, mm. bro. And then you die at 40. So it's the same way with mental health. We go, hey, look, man, I have sexual trauma. I was physically abused. I was mentally abused. I grew up in a household where I witnessed my mother beating or my father assaulted or people do drugs. And there's all of this trauma. And we know it's there. And- we walk around in our community and we just go, don't talk about that. You know, if you, if you do, you know, Hey, you know, just talk to this person or there's uh, I believe the other thing where a lot of, you know, black people go, well, you know, it's, and it's no, as someone who's a faith believer, this is not an attack, but we have folk who get, well, you could just pray about it. And it's like, yeah, but, Mm -hmm. and I believe like Mm -hmm. our community more than any other is the mindset is well, you could just pray. And, um, I can't mm-hmm. think of her name, but there's a young lady who I follow on Instagram and she tells people, you know, you can have Jesus and a counselor, like mm-hmm. you can pray and have a therapist and it's like, you can, sh- you can have that duality, but mm-hmm. I think far too often black people operate as a monolith, specifically black mm-hmm. men. You've got to be tough. You got to be rugged. got to be a man. Got to be a mm-hmm. Got to be a leader. Can't show no weakness. Can't cry. Mm-hmm. Can't do therapy. Can't do that. Keep it bottled inside. Mm-hmm. And- Like I said in the episode, I I was in the episode I just recorded. Man, that's that has nothing to do with your family. That has nothing to do with your faith. That has nothing to do with your community. Everything to do with ego. It has everything to do Mm. with you wanting to be in charge. You wanting to self-diagnose. You wanting to figure it out, even knowing that the outcome is going to be bad. You still do it. And in our community, far too many men, because they don't know, they don't have the knowledge. It's been passed down. Don't do, don't do, don't do. Even though now. A simple Google search will get you where you need to go. They still go. Uh, it's like, man, you got to put that ego away, bro. Like you're you're causing far too much problems. Like You mm-hmm. should really go see a therapist. But that idea being brought up brings up all those things less than a man. I'm afraid. Well, what's therapy? And it's like in in today's age. Look, man, Google, Bing, mm-hmm. Yahoo search. You know, you could go to BetterHelp. You go to Headspace. There's so many options and avenues for you to go to, that there's no reason why at this point, as as 27, 43, 55-year-old men, we should still be within our community moving around as if the tools aren't available, as if Mm. the knowledge isn't there. Because in this day and age of technology, everything is in our faces. We know it's there. But like I said, something in you has got to say, it stops with me like i like i told you like there was there was that day where i decided i said yeah. absentee fatherism abandonment uh feelings of less than feelings of inadequacy no nah, no nah, that stops with me like yeah we're, we're done hmm. with that we end that here and more men have to decide like that's really what it is it's
0: hmm.
1: it's out in the community but more men have to decide i'm I'm not gonna be blind to it. I'm not gonna keep ignoring the fact that I need to see it. I'm gonna get the guts and just say, hey, "Look, I don't really care what y'all say. Mm. I'm I'm gonna book a session with Travis because I think I really need this. Like that's <laughs> really that's really yeah. what it boils down to."
0: Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned, and, and it's more of a curiosity question, and I think I know, I think I know the answer, but <laughs> it, I'm just gonna ask it. You said, you know, in the past, our fathers or grandfathers didn't have the greatest experience with like medical professionals doctors and back then mental health still was kind of a new you know 40 years ago mental health was still still brown but right. it was still fresh but the stigma was even worse even within within the white community really most communities was kind of like oh that's something's off right it's kind of like everyone has a stink eye even to this day the stigma is better but it's still kind of people still feel it but you mentioned something specifically that fathers didn't have within your community good relationship with medical professionals so is that right so that comes from where i guess
1: i think there's you know hit there's, you know, with the whole not even to give like a whole black history lesson, but just yeah, black people in America for the most part have just I'll use I won't say the words because I don't want like this to get flagged, but there's we'll refer to it as the poke. Um, okay, even like with respect to the pope I think there are a lot of people who generation wise they look back and they cite, you know, your Tuskegee's, your Henrietta Lacks, and Even going all the way back to just like American medical history and its relationship with black people hasn't been the best. So Mm -hmm. I think because that gets that gets passed down more Mm -hmm. than your grandfather who suffered from before it was PTSD, uh, shell shock, that gets passed down more than your grandfather who had shell shock who in his mid-40s decided, I'm going to see a counselor. No one passes down that story. No one Mm -hmm. passes down the fact that, hey, you know, Big Mama's second husband had diabetes. He went and saw a doctor to correct his Mm. diet. Those stories Mm. don't get passed down. It's almost like the media. We pass down the traumatic stories, and along with the traumatic Mm. stories attached to them comes the trauma. Instead of, hey, can you pass down the story of how the uncle who was suffering from PTSD reached out to the VA and they got them the help that he needed. Mm. Like we don't want to pass that down. So it, it, it all boils down to, as my grandfather used to say, it boils down to want to, you know, Mm. do you, do you want to, you know, Hey, look, I know there's all this bad history with America and black folk and mental health and medical health, but man, do you, do you want the healing or not? Do you want the help Mm. or not? If you don't, by all means keep running with ego Keep doing it the way you're doing it. It's going to keep hitting your head and it's not going to get better. And it's going to continue to be detrimental to your family. And um, the best way I could wrap that up is I I tell folk if the decisions, the decisions you make with your mental health now, the poor decisions are going to affect you for three or four generations, whether Mm -hmm. you believe it or not. The mental health decisions you make in the correct way, are going to bless your family for the next three or four generations. Mm. When people start viewing mental health and mental wellness that way, Hey, look, this isn't just for me. Every time I've gone to a therapy session or I sit in or I reach out and I'm on headspace or whatever it is when I need to tap in or I text my counselor, mm. I'm doing it for me. And then after I'm done, I'm like, man, me getting this out and understanding so that this doesn't get passed down This is going to help my children's children's children. When I'm gone for 150 years, somewhere Mm -hmm. down the line, I'll realize like I could look down and be like, that stopped with me. But it comes Mm -hmm. down to want to.
0: Yeah. Well, it's want to. And I think what I'm hearing, and you tell me, it's definitely a want to. And it's also going against a really strong internal narrative exactly from real experiences real traumas dealing with the medical community African Americans and in, in, in American history and and also changing what i'm also hearing is like really Ignoring the positive, focusing on the traumas, which is real. Like those things, it's right? Like those didn't happen. They're true, which is exactly. unfortunate and horrible. I mean, any of that's, it's, it always sickens my stomach to hear this stuff, but yeah. it's the reality. But then also, I think the biggest thing is like your voice within the community that, that you can speak to is we need to also change the narrative for the good and get those stories out, like spread that word. So then my kids, the next generation hear that narrative of, right. hey, this actually can, this, this is a good thing. Obviously, you have to find the right counselor. And I say that for people I see. I'm like, hey, if I'm not a good fit for you, that's okay. You need to find right. someone that you're going to connect with that you you can trust. So you tell me and I do not take offense and I'll help you find someone if I'm not the guy for you. And it's like that with you getting your story out there to say, hey, guys, within our community, we need help and there is help and it is good and you got to find the right person, obviously. Don't go to, a, you know, you, there's certain people, I'm going to say it, there's certain therapists that probably shouldn't be therapists. Um, they should. <laughs> I'm just
1: going to leave it at that. In, insert certain Insert emoji. <laughs> mean, yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
0: I, and I'm not and I'm not to my horn. I I say to people, "Hey, I'm an average therapist. Um, I am not the greatest gift to mankind, and I would say I'm not the worst. I I kind of know that I'm I'm average, which is good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um, and 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 I think that the thing I was going back to is that narrative of changing of sharing those stories of the positive changes of here's what it did for me here, like that uncle, like that friend of like, this is, that's helped you decide I'm going to try a third time was, okay, obviously something's clicking in me. I don't want to replicate the same stuff that happened to me for my dad and his dad. And I want to change. And someone that you knew was able to speak, Hey, go. And you trusted that and took the risk. And now this is where you are. Um. So that's put you on the spot, but what is like the one thing or two things that From your personal, you don't have to go into. you could share as much as little as you want. But what is like one or two things that you're taking away from your therapy experience that has
1: been life changing? The biggest thing that I got out of therapy, the biggest was, like I said, you know, I, I was I went to therapy after divorce. And for anyone who's listening who's been divorced, like you have all the questions. You know, I'd I'd gotten divorced and I had all the feelings I'd failed as a husband. I failed as a father. I was a bad person. I was less than all of the things that I would bottled up. You know, am I stupid? Am I a waste? I'm repeating generational curses. All those things from like the prior 29, 30 years came up. And one of the things my therapist said was, you know, why do you feel this way? I said, oh, well, there's just this. And she said, you know, that feeling of inadequacy you're having. Like, do you feel like you're a bad father? Well, you know, I got divorced. She was like, but are you really? Mm-hmm. She was like, Dude, you know, were you really a bad husband or were you just two people who in the end, it took you guys a while to realize you really weren't compatible? Okay. And, and after like the first session, I was like, here I was like really sweating, being inadequate. Like, man, I'm not enough. And after that first session, I started asking myself the opposite questions. Like, why do I not think I'm enough? And then, mm-hmm. you know, from that, you know, by the third, fourth session, I was like, man, I'm really that dude. Like, man, I'm a like, catch. I'm the father of the year out this thing. Like, what, why mm-hmm. was I ever questioning me? And I think that was the biggest thing I got out of it because I'd always question specifically coming mm-hmm. out of divorce, you know, uh, uh. the, you know, verbal abuse I'd endured in you know, in my marriage and things Mm -hmm. like that. Like, man, am I really less than? And then realizing like, no, it wasn't like you just were in a very bad space where you allowed, like this became the narrative around you. So, and you accepted it because you were mentally in a bad space. So the things that Mm -hmm. people said that you totally disagreed with, you just accepted. You just took it on to be like, well, I guess this is true. And after therapy, I was like, no, man, this is, it's not that at all. And Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing I got out of it, you know, which I, tell folk there's man go go please go go see go see someone you've got you've got to make the step you got to go see someone you have to yeah mm, i think what i heard you say
0: the narrative shift your internal narrative went from i'm inadequate right i think that's what you said to, right. it's a shame based message right right shame you know uh you know quick education for people to know guilt and shame difference guilt is i did something bad shame is i am bad right it's that right. you know i failed I'm a failure, right? Shame is that self, that self prescription of some negative slant. So I'm inadequate, not that maybe I did some things that were inadequate, some of my behaviors, but I as a person, and what I'm hearing the big shift for you is that shame narrative shifting from that negative shame. I'm inadequate. I'm not enough. I'm a fit. I'm a failure. I'm, you know, fill in the blank to no, I'm not that I'm not that I am enough. I'm not a failure. I'm not inadequate. I may have made some choices that weren't the best, but, and then that hits you of like, okay, I have now confidence to see me more clearly with a more accurate image of myself. And that really shifted everything for you. Is that, that's what I'm hearing is what's really yes. the clicker for you. Is that shame narrative shifted from shame to truth, right? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Shame is a strong thing, my friend. <laughs> it's yeah, It's it, it classic one. It, you know. it,
1: it is, it is a, it is a powerful, powerful enemy. <laughs> It, yes, yes. It's powerful. We, all struggle.
0: we all struggle with it, man. That was, um I mean, not to get too open, but my, my, my net message I battled with in my 20s and even teens was, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. That was in the back of my head. And I did my own therapy before I became a therapist and really wrestled with that narrative and realized, right. oh, I am enough. I may... I have to look at my choices and take responsibility and change some of my behaviors. But it doesn't mean that I'm not enough. It doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It doesn't mean I'm not inadequate. But and once I began to shift that, that shifted my whole life too and how I saw myself. Right. So it's something that we all wrestle with, even therapist people. So just letting you know we all we all wrestle and we all have to grow. No matter what's behind your name, when you know, just because I have an LMFT after my name doesn't right. mean I don't have struggles. Um, I just may have the tools. And and to close this up uh, I guess I'm wondering if you could speak to, you know, men And maybe African-American men or whoever, whoever you're picturing, would you want to encourage them to change that narrative that we just kind of talked about, that kind of downstream narrative of either fatherhood or mental health? Like, this is what I want my community to know. And maybe not even that, my kids to know. Like, this is what I want. Like you said, I want to give, you're doing this, yes, for you, but but more to come. the legacy, the generations to come of the, you know, the Augusta line of this is what I want different in my family chain for the better. So what would you say to them? And let's do
1: that. Your kids, what would you want them to know? Um, for, for, for my children, for any father, for anyone listening, I would say look back at your own, like, look at your dad. Look at all of his flaws. Don't Don't look at the good moments. Look at the bad moments. Look at the times where he was, where he missed the mark. Look at the times where he was short. Understand like all the effort he put behind that, but also understand those pains and everything that he had. Anytime you saw him hurt, anytime you saw him down, think of all those moments and put yourself there and say, if my dad never went to get help, if my dad never went to get assistance, think of all those things he carried. And now think of how it affected you. If you're a father, realize right now, bro, it stops with you. It can stop with you. The the legacy of mental wellness begins with you. Mm. The generational curse of whatever trauma, it stops with you. The new day starts with you. You know, for, for my children, you're the second generation of a legacy of people who are going to be of sound mind. This is going to be generations and generations to come. Of blessed, courteous, knowledgeable, like mentally well people, because we refuse to fulfill the pages of a book that are narratives of people that look like us.
0: Hmm.
1: It can stop with you today, but you have to choose to start something different. Dare to be different. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about judgment. You don't have to worry about what anybody says. You don't have to worry about what the family has always done. What they've always done has put you in a position to where – you question who you are every day. You put on a mask and a costume every day to be able to move about the world comfortably because you're uncomfortable who you really are. All mm. of that could stop with you and you could begin something totally different, something totally new so that three generations from now when you're gone, the stories that are passed down is that you were the change. And mm. for my kids, my kids will look up one day and they'll say, you know, our dad was divorced and there was this. And somehow he worked through it and after a while my mom worked through it and we're better today hmm. because of the decisions that he made 70 80 120 300 years ago yeah i'm
0: gonna listen to this multiple, multiple times over and over again so to hear that because it, it yeah that's powerful and that your kids i guarantee you have felt that because um, i feel it as you're talking, even though we're virtual, I'm, I'm sensing that kind of passion, that heart to heal, to grow, to pass that along. Here's the last question. You don't have to answer it. So within that community, African-American community that mental health, is there something like someone like myself who looks like me? And if you're not listening, I am, I'd be
1: considered white. For lack of <laughs> better word. White. Travis, Travis just quotes. use finger quotes, air quotes. If you, you know, if you don't see this white. visually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> white. Um.
0: Part of my heart, for too, is to, to bridge racial, ethnic, gen, you know, age gaps, too, within this conversation of fathers and within mental health and men. And if you could speak to that, like, oh, this would help our community or this would help with understand, anything that you would say with someone like myself right. to might help with that narrative, to help heal, to help whatever we might need to do.
1: I, I think you're already doing the first step as being someone who's, you know, I think people, not saying that I don't like the term ally, because people are just like, oh, they do the whole... The two things, you know, they go ally or they say uh, invited to the cookout. And I always go like, what? I'm like, well, I was like, I don't understand like what y'all mean by this. But mm-hmm. I would say you're already doing the first step of the work because the work you're doing is for everyone. And like, Mm. I've seen comments and like, I've told you a multitude of times, like, man, you're doing a great work. And I'm like, I'll share it. And, you know, I'll have like, you know, Black Brothers. I'm like, hey, who is that? I'm like, oh, yeah, man, it's cool. White boy Travis out of California. Man, He's doing a great work, bro. Like, yeah, man, I watched Mm. one of his videos. Like, it was powerful. So I think you're already in the first step of being like open to wanting, like and putting it out there. But I think there's for anyone who, you know, who's not Black and, you know, in the mental health space, if you really want to help, I always tell people it's. If you're a therapist, be as you said, you know, not everyone should be 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 really available to be available to listen and open to listening. You may never understand the black experience, but Mm -hmm. just being able to just sit back and listen. Like I said in the beginning, you know, I'll ask people, how many black married couples do you know? Leave your comfort zone. Mm. Go somewhere different. Engage. See it. Smell it. Live it. For a day and sit back and it'll give you the understanding. Be open to the experience and seeing it. Cause I think once you see it outside of television, whatever news outlet or political party you subscribe to, once you really see it firsthand, something in your head goes, I understand this differently. So then hmm. when you want to help, when you want to say, Hey, look, man. I noticed this and I, this is an issue in your community. Man, I'm just here to listen, bro. Anything mm. just being available and open, that goes mm. as as a black man to hear somebody be like, "Hey, look, bro, I just want to listen." I tell people there's that goes further than you would understand. Mm.
0: I appreciate your your kind words for me and and good to know that that's kind of a big step. For not only myself, but anyone else listening um, who may look like me or doesn't understand, you know, the African American experience because it's different in Asian Asian Americans, and right. Latino Americans. I mean, there's exactly it's different, and there's some definitely some themes and trends among, but to actually listen to be heard right right and and to without judgment but just to try to, to really understand and to create and the other thing i heard is creating relationship out of your comfort zone but creating authentic real relationship with other people that don't look like you and to try to understand their experience and of course I'll never fully be I mean I can't it's impossible to fully understand right. and I know that as a therapist there's plenty of things I'll never understand sitting across the table and people share some of the the, the, the sickest stuff you could even imagine yeah I'll I, I can't fully relate but i could sit in the pain and listen and try to just meet them where they're at and and know that that's kind of one way that someone like myself can actually help heal and for any other guy white guy whatnot listening who doesn't understand this experience like that's a good starting point for all of us to help bring healing to all of us and so i I guess i appreciate that just that directness that that wisdom that advice that kind of tool that very like tangible hey start here (laughs) and then go here um because then now we could do something with it. And now we right. can actually begin to heal and knowing that that's kind of, has, like you said, a bigger impact than you would know. So I appreciate that. And, and that's something that I, I want to continue to do um, and grow in and understand and heal. And, and if I can help, even a small part bring healing. Like that is my heart, my mission. You know, men and mental health and fathers and from all ethnic, cultural, and creed, and trying to understand those nuances and how I can help listen. You know, uh, understand if I can step in and bring healing, whatever it might look like, and it looks different depending on the person, right? right? Depending on their circumstance. Some things I can speak directly to. Some things, no. My job is to listen and just to witness and to create and develop relationship it just depends and i thank you for this conversation it's already we're coming on an hour and a half so we're going to yeah. I have a feeling we can We're. I really mean this where I think we're going to have some more episodes together and t- we could talk more specifically. But I've appreciated oh, yeah. this conversation, Augusta. Oh, and- man,
1: brother. Listen, Trey, I thank you, man, for allowing me on the platform. Like I said, man, this uh, the first time Like I saw it, I was like, oh, man, what's this brother doing? And then I looked and I said, man, this I said, I said, this brother's doing like a great work. I said, man, if I ever get an opportunity to go in there. You know, Hmm. I enjoyed the Jay episode, you know, with his perspective. And I'm like, he's I said, man, I said, yo, I said, this dude is doing like a great work. He's giving different cultures, countries. And I'm like, and he's taking men from these different backgrounds. And because it's men, I'm like, and it's fathers. I'm like, this dude is taking a multitude of fathers and giving them the space to be like, we're going to talk about this dad life. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about this mental health because god dug it folk don't do it enough and i said man that is that's an
0: awesome space man thanks man and and, and uh jay yeah that was a powerful i mean that was the one just released yeah um it, it just blew me away hearing his story and you know yeah. I, I always know a little bit about someone's story when i first get to know them um but i don't hear everything until we start doing the interview and i get all of it i'm just like man i'm blown away by the decisions he made in the end. And and what he decided to do given what the yeah, story yeah. unfolded and yeah. the lies i'm like uh, i mean there was a lot of just so much stuff was there's like, a lot oh, to unpack <laughs> a lot a lot and to- i don't even get to unpack it all and again i'm not a yeah. therapist so i'm not gonna unpack it all yeah. on, a, on a show because that's that's not helpful or healthy right. but you know he i have my respect yeah the utmost just, okay the utmost, the utmost respect for jay yeah. skibbins and you know i, I will plugging another guy but jay skibbins he's a piece of you know, parent coach, single dad, and he just released, it. and so I appreciate your man. You should reach out if you haven't reach out to him and just tell him what it meant, and I know he'd appreciate that. And um, you know, at Jay Gibbons, and could you plug again, Black Men
1: Heal? Black and plug men. your. So I'm at Augusta C. Foster. There's the link tree, all of that on Instagram. Yeah. The Twitter is also attached. Um, I believe perfect. Uh, the current book, The Divorced Dad Reset, is out. It's short ebook, just basically quick basic tools that you need for understanding and progressing Mm -hmm. and getting out of the fog of divorce. Uh, Black men heal. Please go follow black men heal. It's awesome right now. They're on a seven city live tour, which is dope. I'll be taking part uh, and assisting when it comes to Atlanta, where they're literally just posting up on like corners and parks and inviting dudes out. They're like, Hey, look, you black, you white, you brown, you're whatever color come out we're just going to have these open talks and conversations live and in living color yeah give them a follow mm-hmm. every Sunday there's a uh, king's corner it's awesome man if you're if you're listening to this if you've listened to however much of this Travis has put down and whatever race you are and you're sitting in the crib and you're like yeah man i thought about going to therapy and you don't go see a therapist or counselor after this man brother you better get out the house and get that help go and heal (laughs) so that heal so that your children don't have to
0: gosh man that's yeah that i love it heal so your children don't have to so your children don't have to yeah there's a post by i'm not plugging another dear dear fathers i follow that account yeah yeah. And they they just had that I think almost an identical quote of that. Yeah. just, I think yesterday or something. Yeah,
1: man, there's if I I tell people if you work on the healing now, I kid you not, your generations mm-hmm. upon generations will thank you. Dude, we
0: we're, we're going to end on end this episode on that note cuz this is I I'm blown away by this. I I love this conversation and man, thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day in beautiful georgia hopefully the weathers turned out to be a good one humidity
1: is starting to crank up man but you enjoy (laughs) you enjoy that uh lovely california you know probably high 70s to mid 80s sunny and perfect Mm -hmm. you you enjoy i shed a single tear in humidity all
0: right well blessings to you man and your family and we're gonna definitely talk soon so have a great day thanks for joining and listening today please leave a comment and review the show Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.